Okay. okay. Uh, we're, uh, we're here. This is Radio Free Flint. This is Arthur Bush hosting your uh, podcast episode. And today we have a good one for you. Uh, this is Lee X-Line, who is from Junior Central. And he is an expert on cars that used to be driven at Safetyville. Welcome. Oh, good evening, sir. Good evening. Thank you for taking a few minutes out of your time. Uh, we're talking to uh, uh, Lee from Iowa, just outside of Des Moines, Iowa. And uh, he has a website. Tell us at the, the Facebook uh, page so people want, if they're interested, they can go to it. The Facebook page is Powered Promotional Cars, JR Central Powered Promotional Cars. Uh, I also have a regular uh, web page, also jrcentral.com. Facebook page seems to be the most active. It takes a lot less work for me to update it. Uh, so that's a good source for conversations regarding the uh, vehicles. And uh, I deal with a lot more than just the cars that were used at Safetyville. So, Lee, you, uh, you handle uh, or specialize in these, you call them promotional cars. So, uh you know, most of us here in Flint that are of a certain age have had a lot of experience with those little cars because we went to Safetyville, which was located in Kersley Park and was uh, operated by the uh, IMA, which was an adjunct, uh, it, it, that was a very historic uh, organization. I don't know if you're aware of that, Lee, but they go way back to the think the 20s since General Motors was founded and they're a benevolent association so they ran this program for children in uh, in teaching them traffic safety and such but tell us a little bit about these cars give us a little bit about the history of them okay well powered promotional cars and I want to specify powered there because I deal primarily with the ones that are uh, powered by uh, motive force either gasoline or electric powered uh, they're often called pedal cars, but they don't really have pedals other than a gas pedal and a brake pedal. Uh, one of the first ones that was put out was put out by Power Car Company of Mystic, Connecticut in 1955. They had just after the war been producing pedal powered um, cars that really didn't look like cars. Uh, they had one that was kind of styled like a car, but the true powered promotional car, which are styled after an actual vehicle available through manufacturer, was first out in 1955 with the Thunderbird Junior. And the Thunderbird Junior was made by the Power Car Company of Mystic, Connecticut, and they had a fiberglass body with an electric drive. And come 1957, they also offered them with a gas-powered version. The company produced cars up to 1967 and changed their models every year to match the full-size cars. They worked in coordination with the Ford Motor Company and also with Chrysler Corporation because they made a Plymouth Fury Jr. also for 1958, 59, and 60. But the ones that were used at uh, the Safetyville there in Flint uh, were a modified version of the 1955-56 Thunderbird Jr. After the where Thunderbirds came out in 57, 58, and so forth, they took the old molds 
that were used for the Thunderbird and modified the front end a little and modified the taillights, changed them around, but used the same bumpers front and rear as the old Thunderbird Juniors. Used the same frame as those. And uh, those were available to dealers or other companies. And if you had the cash, you could buy them too, but they were definitely not a cheap toy. So, so they put a, what you're saying is they put a Ford car in the middle of General Motors uh, company town. Yep. I am changing out the style on the front and the rear end of it. Yep. <laughs> they changed the rear end just so that it wouldn't look like a Ford? Yep. Yep. If you oh compare, <laughs> you look at the front end, um, they squared off the headlights. They changed off the taillights, but the full base of it is a 1955-56 Thunderbird. Now those cars that uh, were found at Safetyville, they had limited limited speed, obviously. How did they limit the, the speed? The, elect, the early ones, the electric ones, were six volt um, motors uh, that used a Ford starter motor, and they would run only five miles per hour. Yeah, and then and then uh, they went to a gas powered uh, model then. Yep, the Corvair Monza. Um, it was a prototype car that was put out. Uh, that was made by the Rupp company, and Rupp had a gas-powered version. But the early ones were electric-powered, do five miles an hour, and it was all or nothing. There was a, I don't, if you're old enough, you'll know trucks. They used to have a button on the floor. You'd step on it, and the starter motor gauge. Well, this had the same thing on the floor of those cars. You step on it, and gauge the starter motor, and send the car running. Uh, top speed five miles an hour, and then when you let off of it, it went to nothing. Right. So the ones break that, on the left side. So you know, we, most of us that were, uh, what happened today? Just so we can fill in the rest of the crowd here. I posted uh, uh, a page off of Facebook that was uh, Lee's uh, Facebook page, and and it got a rise out of the. the you know, kids that I went to high school with, and I even sent it to the kids I went to elementary school with. And uh, I didn't realize I'd get 500 uh, messages on my phone. And <laughs> it kind of went viral. So, the, you know, we don't remember, I, at least I don't remember if it was electric or gas. You probably could tell us that. Oh yeah, the uh, I can look at some of the pictures from there and tell you exactly. Let me pull up my folder on my computer here yeah. and look at any one of them. And uh, the telltale sign is going to be the trunk lid. And if I pop that open and take a look, there are no holes in the trunk lid for the gas motor to breathe. I see. So they're they're electric. Those are electric, the early ones. And then of course, when you got into the uh, uh, the one that looks more like a Corvette, the Corvair. That Corvair is a gas-powered unit. So, so the, the 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 vehicles are produced, and at that time they were produced for a demonstration of some kind. I, I don't understand why they would produce them at all. Well, the power the power car company produced them for the manufacturers, and they would also be used like chip companies, Pepsi, Coca Cola. Um, let me see a number of the cereal companies use them for promotions. Uh, they were basically your mousetrap. Uh, any car dealer will tell you the worst part of selling a car is getting people in the dealership, and these work by getting the people in the dealership, usually drug in by their kids. 
<laughs> so they get a test drive in one. Well, then after they were done producing the 55, 56, and they moved on to the 57, the old bodies, uh, body molds for the 55, 56 Thunderbird were no longer used, so they modified them slightly and produced a generic version. The generic versions were available as pace car, police car. They had even, uh, as a matter of fact, if you look at the taillights of the ones that were used at Safetyville, they're little um, fireman's helmets. The firemen's helmets were the lights that went on the, it was a little fire truck, basically. Uh, on the back end of it, there was a place where you would mount one of those sprayers you'd use for spraying bugs, and that was your water source to put out the fire. One kid would drive, another kid would stand on the back, and there'd be a little ladder back where you'd hold on. And those are, uh, would, uh, that they even came out with little helmets with them. Uh, but the taillights looked like a little fireman's helmet. And they used that version, those taillights, on these pace cars um, for um, these programs. So yeah. the, the, the cars themselves, uh, now we also see those, you know, I used to be a politician, so I got to be in a lot of parades in my life. Over 20 some odd years, I've been in God knows how many parades, but the Shriners take these little cars and they do, they do like all kinds of maneuvers out there. They wonder how they don't get injured doing this, but are those the same the same kind of car that they're using? They are. The ones that were used at Safety Rear are a little small, so they won't fit adults, but later version made by that same company, Power Car, will fit adults. What did uh, one of those cars cost? Uh, well, let's see, the 1965 Mustang Junior I have committed to my memory. Uh, the pedal car was $12.95. The gas-powered promotional car the, the power, by Power Car Company was $537. That'll give you an idea of the cost on them. They were not cheap. Wow. And got uh, original sales uh, bulletins on the company, and I can tell you exactly what they paid for those cars. So let's say you and I were going to go in business and we were going to start Safety Bill all over again. What would it cost to get a fleet of those cars? <laughs> now, we, wouldn't, be... we probably wouldn't use gas, right? We probably... Nowadays, uh, the available electric motors are so much better. It's uh, definitely worth going that way. You can control them. You can cut down the speed on them. Uh, the old ones, like they produced back then, they were either feast or famine, full speed or nothing and uh, they only went five miles an hour. Well, nowadays, um, you can get a lot better than that. Matter of fact, uh, two cars were produced for the latest Pee Wee Herman movie. Um, in the movie, uh, one was made for the Pee Wee himself and one was made for the stunt driver. Those okay. were modern electric drive chains and would do 45 miles an hour oh, with your six inches off the ground. Yeah, we don't want that for our safety bill if we're going to make one with a bunch of little kids. <laughs> no, but but well, um, it was always not a lot of, go ahead. I'm sorry. There's not a lot of these molds uh, available that enable to reproduce them. I do have some of the Mustang molds, the original factory molds, and Thunderbird molds. So I've got the '57 Thunderbird mold, but I don't have the '55, '56, and so I have the '50. Do you make these on a custom basis? Do you, you're using fiberglass, I assume. 
There's some I'm using fiberglass. I've got a gentleman that makes uh, the fiberglass parts for me. Um, I make all the little pieces and parts, the windshields, the hubcaps, the steering wheels, and all those other little pieces. I don't remake them as a, uh, a whole. I just, I'm just too busy with what I'm doing. Um, so, but I have enough where people could put one together. So you didn't answer my question. How much, if we were going to go in business, how much would it cost us to get a fleet of cars for, for <laughs> a safety bill? Uh, to get a running operating car is going to be about four grand. A piece? Per car, yeah. Oh, my. Now, yeah, they're not cheap. They're, they're highly detailed, unlike a lot of other cars. So it takes a long hand lay in the fiberglass, plus all the other parts. And I know what they paid for Pee Wee's cars. And those are parts I provided in a company in California, put them together. So so you do provide for the uh, for the entertainment industry or the movie uh, industry where they need some help. I've done that. I've uh, provided uh, Pizza Hut. Their first ever television commercial was 1965 called Putt-Putt to Pizza Hut, and they used a 65 Mustang Jr. <laughs> and uh, Pizza Hut Corporation <laughs> recently purchased enough to build three cars, one for their corporate office and two for executives. Um, grandparents are my biggest customers. You know, they like buying them with the excuse of they're for the grandkids. Well, the <laughs> grandfather can put them too. If you you're know, we had enough, a we had a guy in Flint and he bought a bunch of them for his backyard and created a track back in his backyard. And all the kids from near and far in Flushing, Fred Salem, uh, made this track and he had it all set up just like, it was like a safety bill. I was amazed. <laughs> I have pictures of uh, kids standing in line waiting for uh, a chance to drive in one. Oh when uh, I got one of those, they were King Cheese. I mean, I they they how'd ran the roost. How did you get interested in this uh, business? It's it's a, it's an interesting sidelight here. Well, I'm a DeSoto collector, and uh, years ago I had a 1957 DeSoto Adventure convertible, and I was looking for the junior version of that. Now, they didn't make one in 57, but they made one in 58 called the DeSoto Firemite. It ran a three-horse Briggs & Stratton motor, and it was seven feet long, and they are very rare. It took me 20 years to find one. Well, in trying to find one of those, I started researching junior cars in general, and I found in Detroit, actually, a 1967 Mustang Junior gas-powered car, and I decided to buy it. And when I bought it, I found out that nobody made restoration parts, nobody. So I taught myself to make the parts that I needed I needed a windshield. I taught myself how to make those. I needed a steering wheel. I taught myself how to do molds and make the make the steering wheels, taillight lenses, headlight lenses, hubcaps. And basically, as I needed parts for my car, other people would say, well, can you make one for my car? So and do, you, do you have a, a track in your backyard? No. <laughs> no. Matter of fact, I can't even fit in any of these. <laughs> I'm six foot seven. And... So Oh, I'm my. a big yeah, I'm six <laughs> seven and over four hundred pounds. So uh, I can have, fit in Jaguars. But you that's have it. a lot of grandkids kids that ride these? Zero grandkids. <laughs> but I well, have a hell of a good time taking them to car shows. I bet. Well, well let's uh, switch subject here for just a second. Now the, the vehicles that you had pictures of, though some of those I assume not 
probably not all of them, but some of them were from Safetyville. And yes. And at that time, safety, the concept of Safetyville was not unique. It was Flint wasn't the only place in the nation that had such a thing. No, there right? was another program pretty much uh, exactly the same in uh, Illinois, in Danville, Illinois. Uh, there was another one in Tampa. And uh, I think there was another one in um, Louisiana. I've got uh, just a little bit of information on a lot of these things. There's there's not a lot of information on junior cars in general, and these safety programs. It just seems that they hit, they happen, and then they're gone. Uh, so the Flint one's one, been extremely active. It's what the Flint uh, Flint one's been very active on Facebook. A lot of participation from people that were there and remember it but other locations they didn't last as long right now on that subject uh uh lee you you said in your uh post there that you were looking for pictures of safetyville and uh, particularly you're interested in the cars uh, that's your that's your interest a lot of people who responded by the way we had you know several thousand at least a couple thousand people looked at this stuff I'm, I'm amazed at what happens on the internet and as a consequence they a bunch of them said oh I got my driver's they saved their driver's license so I'm trying to get some people I've had some people actually uh, donate their uh, image all I basically want is an image and I share this information on my Facebook page and on the website in order to try to educate people because so often people say, oh, it's a pedal car. No, it's not a pedal car. And uh, I like to educate people about this part of automotive collecting that's kind of been forgotten. It's it's gone, it's lost, and there's not a lot of information out there on them. Yeah. Well, they don't call this a vehicle city for nothing where we live. So the people here who are interested in cars and know a lot about them, and we have some of the top experts in the world here that archive uh, this information as well. Uh, Lee, so what you're really looking for is that maybe somebody in that bunch had taken pictures at a birthday party or whatever, and if they have some just of the cars, you'd be interested in looking at them. You bet. I know a lot of people's grandmothers took them down there to take a ride. I love to have more pictures to document the history on them. Uh, any junior cars, even uh, I've got old videos hosted on that website that are shot from parades uh, from many years ago. And uh, anything you got with junior cars, share it. I put it out there. I don't make any money off of it. It's all out there to share and uh, get the conversation going between when people you, that are really interested in the right. subject. When you became interested in these cars, was Safety Bill still in operation? No. These cars for probably 25 years, and was gone by then. And uh, since I since I live in Tampa Bay area, a good part of the year, whereabouts was that? Whereabouts was that uh, that uh, village of traffic safety? Safety traffic. village in Tampa. Let me see if I can come up with. They used the Scotty special. Let me see if I can find an address for you. Uh, we'll, we'll, we'll exchange that after our show is over here. Okay. Uh, well, Lee, um, I appreciate your time. How safe were those cars? Because, you know, my little sister rammed me in the back many times with that at Safetyville, and she wasn't supposed to do that, you know. 
Well, they are, they're, they got some weight behind them. So if they hit you, they're going to give you a thunk. Um, matter of fact, I, the DeSotos, uh, one of the gentlemen here in Iowa, I tracked down uh, photos of him in his uh, DeSoto fire mite years ago. And I finally got to talk to him and he sent me pictures of the car. And I asked him whatever happened to that thing. While he was gone to school, his dad gave it away. And the day after, his sister ran over the neighborhood. <laughs> a lot of them suffered that fate. I've had many people tell me I had to help dad pick it up and throw it in the dumpster because he got it tired of it being in the way. Oh, <laughs> yes. Um, well, they were rare when they were new. They're even more rare now. So, so the uh, do you see a revival of these for purposes of teaching young people how to, you know, how to drive and, and you know, because one of the ladies today that was on the, uh, you know, one of these websites talking back about this picture, this series of pictures you had said, stop, look and listen. That was what she remembered from safety bill. And that's a pretty good lesson yeah. when you're crossing the road. Do you see any way this might be revived in some form or fashion? With all the liabilities and you with a legal background, you would understand there's so much with people wanting to sue that I find it very difficult to see a community doing that. And it would be a rather large investment as it was when it first came out. Uh, our car company first started pushing the idea of these safety bill type areas in 1958. So, so basically, uh, the idea that that pe the people of Genesee County, Greater Flint area, or Detroit, want you know, even with all their rich history, they probably wouldn't be able to do that again unless the mods or somebody who the foundation, maybe Ford Foundation or somebody, bestowed a whole lot of money to do it. It so would it's take. Not, it's not practical. Yeah. It'd take a significant amount of money, the land to do it, the people to man it. Um, they they had a heck of a program there in Flint where they had the police uh, working with the kids and it uh, did a heck of a good thing for the community uh, in teaching the kids uh, safety, uh, road safety. And right. so many of the people I've seen discussing the topic from Flint uh, said that that's where they learned how to drive. Yes, well, we learned the rules to stop anyway. Uh, having been the prosecutor, not stopping is usually one of the causes, the biggest causes of fatalities on that speed. But anyway, um, I'm running out of questions. Oh, I wanted to, uh, you, have, you have tried all over the country to make connections with places that have had these little villages, safety villages. I'm just using that term. And you said Flint was the most active in terms of its its love and affection for Safetyville? The time frame that it operated, it looked like it operated for a long time and how interactive the community was with it. They seemed to be the, the biggest I found so far. The closest was Danville, Illinois. Danville, Illinois also did the program and also had the police officers involved and they used the mini Mustangs, but they didn't do it for as many years as Flint. Well, Lee, thank you a million. I, I promised I wouldn't keep you up all night. I know uh, it's getting late. And uh, I wish you the, uh, the best. I, I really appreciate your time. I can't emphasize that enough. And I hope uh, 
as uh, you keep going, we can get you connected to some people here in Flint, and archivists and so forth, because I'm pretty sure that someplace out there they have uh, have the uh, photographs. Uh, we'll, we'll put you in touch with uh, some of those individuals. Love to find that information and share it. Sharing yes. is the thing people can learn and remember. Yes, we have Sloan Museum, as I was mentioning to you earlier, which is an automotive and uh, history museum of our city. And I know they have some some stuff there. And then we have Kettering, which has an automobile archive, um, which is, I think, one of the largest in the world uh, of its kind. So in any event, thank you, Lee. And uh, now that we're all still locked up, uh, just, just for a little while longer, we can just be patient and uh, stay home and then and then we'll be out there ready to romp when uh when the sun comes out and it's a little warmer right sounds good sounds yeah. good thank, thank you sir you. have a good have evening a good have a good night this is radio free flint arthur bush we're signing out over and out take care bye-bye